Dan. Oh, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hello, I'm Dan. And I'm Jenny. And this is Rookie Movie Reviews. We are reviewing the top 100 fan favorite movies on IMDb. And uh, Jenny, what did we watch? Well, we watched Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes, which is the first one. I could not really remember them all. For the brief moment before the movie got started, I thought it was the last one. I'm like, it's weird that only the last one is on the list. But that is Last Crusade. With Shia LaBeouf? No. Um, I guess it's not the last one. The last one is Kingdom of the Crystal Skull with Shia LaBeouf. There we go. But I think a lot of people hated that movie. Well, it's still in the franchise. Yes, and there's going to be a five. Five has been confirmed. With Harrison Ford still? I think so. He's getting He's very old. old. Yeah, he's really old. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we watched the first one. <laughs> yeah. Um, Directed by Spielberg, written by Lucas and Kaufman. Yeah. It's weird. Directed by Spielberg, like... Jurassic Park. Yeah. Others. <laughs> but, uh, like E.T. and shit. But oh, yeah, e. these are all classics. And I know Spielberg is a... You know, masterclass director or whatever is one of the greatest, but I haven't really watched many Spielberg, and I don't really have a sense for like him as a director or anything. He does a lot of really good adventure movies. I mean, Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones, E.T. Yeah, have you seen all of those? I actually haven't seen Jurassic Park, the I original one. I've seen the one with Chris Pratt. I haven't in recent memory. Oh, we should watch it. Yeah. Maybe a B-plot, which we haven't done yet. Yeah. Because we don't have a fan base. Well, we do it. We can do B-plots without fan bases. That's true. B-plots is Jenny's idea for our side episodes out of the main canon of the top 100. Uh, pretty good Pretty good title for the side episodes. Thank so, you. So, props. I'm very smart. Yes. Anyway. Let's get into this thing. Let's get after it. So we open on a mountain in a rainforest in South America, and we learn about the Jovitos, which are inconsequential, but it also sets up Belloc as a character, because he's kind of this asshole, and it really sets up Indy as a badass, I think, because it's this scene where they're trekking through the desert, and he's got some guides, and they're afraid of the Incan Mayan temple. I wrote that down too, where they hack away the leaves and have this over-the-top scream, and uh, he just walks up to it, you know? Was he screaming because he was afraid of the statue, or afraid of the birds coming out? I think both. But, Porquino uh, los dos. Yes. But uh, the fact that Indy is calm, cool, and collected. CCC. Yes. Keep it 300, like the, the Romans. Romans. Um, yeah. Anyhow. I... It's so problematic, these 80s movies, because the way they portray the South Americans. I mean, they're greedy and bad and evil, yada yada, Indiana Jones is the hero. But, like, even in the clothing, because they're all they're all walking through the rainforest, but Indiana Jones's outfit is more proper. Like, even the hats of him and the other character, like, his hat is straight, and their hats are crooked, and their clothes look dirtier, and I... Oh, yeah. I don't know. I just... 
I just don't like that. Well, I mean, it's an adventure movie, and take it with a grain of salt, but I just think that kind of portrayal is problematic, because it's it's treating it like a third world country, where these guys obviously know way more about the landscape and the legends than Mm -hmm. Indiana does. Yeah, well, I don't think we're supposed to believe that. Uh, uh, Indiana set up as being the... He's a hero, I think, that he's written to be... We don't know this at the time, granted, but... He's supposed to be, like, the guy. You know, like, he knows fucking everything. Like, when they're going through this cave in the beginning, and he knows, like, that light will trigger a booby trap. And so, I do agree with you that it's problematic at times. Um, there's a, I think there's a lot of stuff in this movie that we are going to end oh, up yeah. talking about that is problematic. Uh, especially when Marion is introduced. Came out in 81? Maybe. I didn't check before. I think 81. And Aliens came out in 79. Uh, I'd, I'd say it's a step back from Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. People in 81 were like, well, we covered this in 79. <laughs> <laughs> aliens. Uh, yeah, but uh, the whole opening sequence, I 100% agree. And uh, I do like uh, to jump to the end of the opening sequence when it all goes uh, sideways. Yeah, that's probably the most important is um, that we are led to believe that Andy is this uh, completely unflappable guy, and he stays in control throughout this harrowing trap escape, and he beats the dude who draws a gun on him with his whip and all of this stuff through the jungle, and then at the end he's running and just screaming manically at the top of his lungs because he's on the brink of death. He's like, start the plane! Like, just over-the-top shrill. And then he gets in, and uh, there's a snake in his cockpit. And he's like, I hate snakes. Like, he's losing his mind. Um, Which was really funny with all the juxtaposition of him being this unbeatable adventuring badass. And I think that they do prop that up throughout the movie where they, they show him to be fallible at times. Which makes him a more interesting character. He's not just this infinitely suave guy even though there are some annoying scenes where he is but yeah i don't i don't know if they were trying to show parallels of his character or if we're just picking up on that with a modern eye yeah i i don't know how to approach movies on this podcast like do you do you think of them from a modern lens or do you think of them do you read the text only or do you read the the social I don't know too much about the 80s, except there was a lot of drugs. Yeah. I'm talking about doing modern... A, a gas crisis, I think. I don't know. I don't know. Should that might have been the 80s. 70s. Let's stick with modern views then. There yeah. was another recession, I think, in 88. So 81 was a time of um, pros- prosperity and Cold War. Prosperity reigned in 81. And there Indiana was a- Jones just released. <laughs> there's also a cold war yeah. cold war the cold war cold war cold war let's say it a couple more times and we'll be able to use it as seo optimizations cold war cold war cold war this is a cold war podcast say it again cold war <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. uh, so yeah opening is is all cool sets him up as a masterful guy only to show cracks in my view you know from a modern lens i think that's fair, dude. 
It's a pretty iconic opening. Do you have... I forgot to look it up, but the scene where they go through the webs and there's a bunch of tarantulas on them. Do tarantulas live in colonies? I doubt it. I don't think... Like, anytime I see a tarantula, like, on some news program or whatever, I don't hang out with them in real life. They're always solitary. I think they're like... They're like solitary predators, you know? Like, they, they don't run in packs. So, well, when we when we publish this episode, maybe we'll write a blog post about it. Yeah. All right. So sets him up. Total badass. He almost gets killed by Belloc because he sends the Hovitos after him. Mm-hmm. And then it's it's nineteen thirty six, and we cut in to this classroom. Oh yeah. And. Uh, professor Jones is an archaeology professor. And uh, there's a, a million women in this classroom. And it's the 30s. What are all of these women doing in college? They should be home sewing something. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> and yeah. he's apparently um, a total chick magnet. Because they show a lot of scenes of women like leaning on their hands. And at first I thought that was like boredom. But the scene, I don't know where this came from, but the girl has written love you on her eyelids and she blinks at oh, the professor. Yeah, yeah, that, it's it's creepy, but also, you know, Harrison Ford is their hunk star or whatever, so. He's not even, I, well, maybe in the 80s, well, they thought Ted Bundy was hot in the 70s, 80s, so maybe yeah, the same Yeah, they high on pot, a bunch of no good hippies <laughs> thinking... <laughs> Serial killers are hot. Indiana Jones, the... Harrison Ford is not unattractive. No. I mean, as far as, like, teachers go, he's probably the hot teacher. Yeah. Especially in the archaeology department. Yeah. You know, it's a bunch of old dudes. As we see, uh, it's a bunch of old dudes because his friend comes in and he's this uh, British spy-looking guy who's actually a museum curator. And they shoot the shit about his adventure and his run-in with Belloc, uh... I feel like they really downplayed the crazy shit this guy's doing. Like, in, in the professor world. Yeah. A hundred, <laughs> like, a different archaeologist. Like, they're trying to murder each other out there. He, he's sending... It's like Sherlock and... Um, Moriarty? Mori- Moriarty, yeah. Moriarty. Moriarty. It's yeah. like Sherlock. It's like Sherlock and Moriarty. We're going to get a clean cut. Yes, <laughs> but uh, truly, it, it that's one of the crazier parts. Like, this guy is being funded by the museum to fly to Cairo and get in gunfights and shit. And Do they know what he's doing? I, he, they must, because, like, when he's talking with his museum curator friend in his classroom, he's, he's like, ah, uh, I had it in my hand, and then Belloc, you know, got me or whatever. And I think it's implied that there's... Just insane stakes every time. But... I don't know, because that other professor stole his classroom apple. Yeah. If you knew the shit Jones was going through, why'd you steal his apple? Maybe he's a bad friend. He needs a comfort fruit. It's the 30s. They don't have Oreos yet. (laughs) Are you sure? You're gonna put a... You're gonna take a stand here and put a date... Alright, they don't Oreos. have JoJo's yet. That, that's true. The superior chocolate cream yeah, cookie. Trader Joe's Oreo 
knockoff is better. Sponsored. This podcast is sponsored by a Trader Joe's. That'd be awesome. If they just paid us one JoJo box a month. Oh, God. I would talk them up every time. Doing it without even getting the box. We're going to buy a box tomorrow. Yes. Uh, so, uh, his friend comes in. He's like, you have army intelligence here to speak with you. And they go into the big exposition scene. Uh, so he walks from his classroom over to meet the army intelligence guys. Which and, is like a fat dude and an old man. Yeah. Fat dude, old man are high-ranking officials in the United States Army. That's like you and me. Fat dude and old man? Yeah. <laughs> I'm the old man. Fat. No, you're not fat, though. They Shit. can't. They can't see us on this podcast, so... I'm an we... old man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a triple gold medalist athlete. <laughs> This I'm a swimsuit the, model. This is the fantasy we create for our listeners. I'm blonde and all I wear is bikinis. Me too. <laughs> the whole scene here is the army officers saying, like, Hitler's into all this mystic shit. Oh, right, the Nazis. Yeah, he hired Belloc, the bad guys in this Which movie. Which is, like, actually Nazis. true. Like, Hitler was into the occult. Yeah, he was also, like, a speed addict or some shit. And I heard he was a Nazi. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's rich. (laughs) Um, And uh, I I will say I like this scene a lot because of one thing. So, again, I might be reading too much into it. But when he's in the class, he's distracted by, you know, all of the women in his class. And he sounds very bored. And everything in the classroom is kind of sleepy. If I were to put a mood on it, like, he's getting, he's, like, droning on about some shit, like, the third chamber in this dig site. And then he comes to talk to the army guys, who are, like, Hitler's looking for this secret that he wants an arc, and that he needs a staff or some shit. Like, the army guys don't know what's going on. (laughs) And Indy, like, gets super animated, and he's explaining the staff of Ra, and this ritual, and he's drawing shit on the board, like, super excited. So I think that's... Uh, a cool way of showing like yeah he's a teacher out of necessity but what he what this guy really loves is the adventure and the the history and he claims later on to not believe in the occult but uh he's really all about this um this bizarre world that's out there and like the old world I guess he does come off as more of a skeptic I think about Christianity but he definitely is into the occult yeah, um, the the reason I say he's doesn't believe in the occult is because, um, actually, this is the very next scene. So if you have opinions about this, um, yeah, I want to argue real quick. Yeah. So like, I'm into the occult, but I don't believe in the occult. Oh. But you bet your ass, if I heard voices in this house, I would automatically assume it's ghosts. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I see what you mean then. Yeah, I would, I would retract and say he is into the occult in that right. sense. Um, so they're also talking... me too. There better never be any suspicious occurrences. You do you hear slams in here sometimes? No slams. Like not like slams, but like creaking that shouldn't be happening. Every noise I hear that I don't generate myself. I assume is our neighbors. All right. Like, just, our floors are so thin. That's true. They probably hear us recording. Yeah. 
Like, like these guys talk for like an hour. They must be. Yeah, we're, we're just up here chatting. Do you remember <laughs> that time? Okay, we were asleep middle of the night. Oh, yeah. Wake up to a loud bang. Uh-huh. Like, like shit falling over next, like horrifying. Jump out of bed. High wire adrenaline rush. And it was a picture frame that we had on top of a, our door jam that had fallen. But Jesus Christ, I was horrified. And it took a while to fall back asleep. Speaking of the occult, I I suspected an intruder. But could have been led to believe it was a ghost too. Probably was a ghost. Yeah, but in any I've case... I've seen stuff. Do you hear stuff sometimes? No. Christ, I might be schizophrenic. Alright, so the Nazis discovered Tannis. We'll have to circle back to that. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> so, yeah, the Nazis discovered Tannis. The army guys are like, what's the staff of Ra? I don't know. And Indy gets all excited. But... He talks about the Ark of the Covenant, which is some Hebrew box. Yeah. Oh, 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 it's the box that the Ten Commandments was in. Yeah, the the pieces of the that tablets. Moses were brought down from the mountain. Mm-hmm. I so my my most like I'm I'm Christian, you know, but I'm I didn't really go to church. Like I stopped going when I was like twelve. Yeah. And my greatest exposure to Christianity is through Prince of Egypt. Yeah, I'd say me too. And I've... like popular media. Yeah. Well, you know, fuck church. Yo, well. <laughs> I mean, if you have faith, that's great. We're going to edit this out. Why? I don't, I don't want to offend any actual Christians. I don't want to be those. like a cringy atheist. Like, it's okay to believe in God. I'm it's not, not going to talk you down for it. Well, yeah, I mean, I won't say... Yeah. I, I just I don't agree. have faith in my life. Yeah, me neither. Um, so, uh, Marcus and Indy meet up at... Indy's house, discuss the trip. Marcus is his museum curator friend. So after they shoot the shit with the army guys, the next scene is Indy's house. And they just talk about, like, the journey and how Marcus wants to go with them. And uh, Indy packs a gun and he's like, oh, I'm always prepared. So this dude's bringing a gun on an airplane, I guess. Well, it's the 30s. Yeah, it's true. And it's also a very small plane. The next scene he gets on the plane and is followed by a suspicious man in a black trench coat and a black hat. And uh, this scene, I like the the travel sequence with the maps and shit. Yeah, with the red line going from yeah. place to place. I like that overlay, too. I don't know what the first movie to do it is. If someone told me it was Indiana, I'd, be, I'd believe them. But it's just so cool to, you know, show the passing of time. It's really stylish. So stylish. We forgot to mention that it's Abner Ravenwood that they're trying to meet up with. Oh, yes. Abner is uh, off with the Nazis, held against his will. Yes. So they go to Nepal, and we open on a shot of this woman having a drinking contest with this chubby older dude. And she wins this drinking contest, and she's obviously had, like, 15 shots, and the other guy just falls out of his chair, and then everyone has to leave now. Yeah. She, like, (laughs) kicks them all out. It was a, it was funny to see the guy fall, and given that this is the start of a very long and very 
brutal sequence. Yeah. Um, she must have been faking. Right? Th- or she can really hold her liquor. I think either that or she can hold it so well that she can, like, fake it well. Because, like, later on in the movie, there's a scene where she pretends to be drunk to, um, like, escape an imprisonment scenario. And uh, we'll talk about that later on. But, um, I don't know. I think they set her up. And I'm going to make the claim now that Marion, for most of the movie is written really well and is a very capable character and uh very very believe like not believable but like good up until a specific scene where okay, good. <laughs> they like take all of the effort into making Marion uh likable and then just turning her into a smitten tool. Yeah. But for now She's, She's cool. very capable. She's a badass. She has her own bar. She's stone cold. And she's very cool. <laughs> um, So Indy walks in and meets with Marion. After everyone else leaves. After everyone else leaves. He's juxtaposed as his giant shadow. Which I think is important for shortly after. But what are you what what are your thoughts on Marion and Indy's relationship? Because pissed. Because <laughs> I mean, I was a girl. I was in love, and it's obviously supposed to be there was some kind of tryst between them. But yeah. dude's like forty. She's like twenty. Yeah, and she's the daughter of this Abner Ravenwood guy. She's who the was... daughter of Indiana's friend. Yeah, which is insane. That's like if your stepdad. Had a buddy, and his buddy like, fucked you. Yeah, and she said 10 years ago, and in the movie she's young. So all it does is call to mind, like, Indy is this predator, like, grooming guy. It's really gross. Yeah. And, like, I think that the, at this point, Marion is, like, pissed at him. And she's like, you, like, she basically calls him out on being manipulative and abusive. She's like, I was a girl. I was in love, like you said. And uh, Indy does not care at all. He's like, how many times do I have to say sorry? Jeez, you're like ruining my day, pretty much, is his reaction. It's, well, it is the 30s. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but... So they would have been in Nepal in the 1920s. Was there a recession in Nepal? No, that was the 40s. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Roaring 20s. I don't think the Roaring Twenties applies to Nepal. Are you sure? <laughs> I don't know. What about white people in Nepal? I've done no research on Nepal prior to this recording, so... I know there are mountains. Yep. <laughs> and there's a bunch of drunk uh, drinking game contestants. Yeah, what were so many white people doing there? Hey, man, when they recorded this, I bet they just put out a casting call and they're like, we'll put some tanner on you and... Say whatever, you know? John Wayne played Genghis Khan, for fuck's sake. Anything can happen in Hollywood. Including a 40-year-old being in love with a 20-year-old 10 years ago. Yes. Um, so... It's like a Lolita situation. It is like a Lolita situation. It's very gross, and it evolves throughout the movie. To be grosser! Yeah. I feel like the movie goes on, and Mary becomes more and more powerful of a character... And then at some point, the writer, like, reveals that all of that was just by accident. But we'll talk about that. (laughs) 
Um, All right. So he's after a bronze trinket, and he says it's worthless to her, and then he offers her three thousand dollars for it, yeah. which is also problematic. <laughs> and uh, we, she's like, "Leave, come back tomorrow. I'll think about it." And um, he he gives her the money, and then goes. And then the Nazis come. Yeah, and when the Nazis enter, they have the same shadowy backdrop, which I believe that this is totally unintentional by the director, but the fact that Indy has this shadowy backdrop and then the nature of their relationship seems so predatory and gross, and then a Nazi comes in with the same exact entrance of a shadowy backdrop, like their shadows are thrown up against the wall. Uh, It just seems like funny how... You know, similar these entrances are, and Indy's being like a predator compared to a Nazi, but I don't think that Spielberg would be like, now we're going to have the Nazi do it, so the viewer draws parallels between the Nazi and Indy, you know, like, doesn't seem to be the case, but yeah, Nazi shows up. Does some Nazi stuff? Yeah. I gotta say, I would have folded over so quickly. Yeah. I would not have any fight, because this guy sucks. Yeah, she's, Get these Nazis out of my bar. She's got, like, a fire burning for this guy, you know? Apparently. And she'll, like, defend him and be like, oh, I don't know. <sighs> this bar fight breaks out because the Nazi is going to, like, smack her with a burning rod to extract the information. And I think the Nazi's very creepy. Like, the way he speaks, he, like, stutters and has a high-pitched voice and is borderline, like, Hannibal lecter where he's like... <laughs> Like, he's, he's making weird mouth noises and stuff. I make weird mouth noises. No, you don't. I can't click, you can't roll. These are the trade-offs of life. <laughs> so, this bar fight is gruesome as fuck. Because oh. Indy's there all along. Well, he comes back. Yeah, right before she's about to get seared. He saves the day with his whip. Mm-hmm. Well, he doesn't save the day exactly because they get in this big ass fight. Yeah, <laughs> it's this movie's rated PG. The eighties, man. It is brutal. Like the Nazi burns his hand on the medallion yeah. trying to grab it, Ooh. and screams and runs and jumps out a window, and people are being shot in the back, and blood is pouring from their mouths. There's punches and. Bashes against the bar, stabbings, like, it it's nuts. I was watching it and I was like, Jesus Christ, you know? It's a very intense bar fight. And, um... They burn the bar down. Yeah. Eventually. A fire starts in it. And that just makes... God. $3,000 burnt up. <laughs> like, the value of the bar outweighs that, but all that money burnt. One thing that, yeah, that's true. Like, also, maybe the value bar doesn't. I, I don't know how much $3,000 in the 30s, you know? And it's, in Nepal. And in, it's probably significant. That bar probably costs uh, hundreds, maybe, you know? Yeah, because it's the 30s. Yeah. Um, One thing that was weird to me is that the Nazi shows up with Nepalese citizens. Yeah. And he just makes a click noise in German or something at the start of the fight. And they immediately, like, slam Marion down on the bar and they're ready to fucking kill her. 
because this Nazi guy rolls through, they make it very clear that these people he's working with are they're dressed up the same exact as the bargoers. Right. And they understand his German command and they're ready to kill for this guy. They, in fact, die for this guy. <laughs> uh, gruesomely. But, whatever. Done. Heil Hitler. Heil Hitler. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Do we cut that out? No. <laughs> okay. No. Everyone's seen Jojo Rabbit. It's fine. Uh, yeah, so that's Nepal. Oh, it is Nepal. Okay, after that, they go to Cairo and they meet with Sala, who is Indy's friend who has... A very not Egyptian accent. It sounds like yeah. British. But to be fair, I could I could uh, impersonate an Egyptian accent. Like I don't know what an Egyptian accent sounds like, and I wouldn't. Well, they they speak Arabic, so it's like a Middle Eastern accent. Okay, then in that case, I agree hundred percent. Sala, I don't know. There was there. There's probably British imperial rule at this point in Egypt. That's actually true. Yeah, because. When they were doing the flyover, they were doing, like, Eurasia, like, New Indo-China, oh, whatever, stuff yeah. like that, so. British were up to their shit. Um, then we meet a monkey. Yeah. Just want to talk about the monkey real quick. Monkey has quite the saga. <laughs> <laughs> so, he hops onto Marion, because she's in Cairo, too, wearing a cute little white dress. She's doing it up. Oh, we forgot to mention she held on to the amulet and she's like, I'm your partner. Oh yeah, you have to pay me. And then um Indy has the amulet right after that. Now if I was Indy, I would ditch this bitch. Cause I'm a piece of shit. Cause I I would I would have given the amulet to the Nazis and I'd be ditching Marion right now. Yeah. The thing that ties them together is that they apparently still have feelings for each other. For, which I don't is I don't think it's apparent at all in unless the eighties. Yeah. The way they explain relationships between men and women is that they actually hate each other so much until they fuck. Yeah. Not until the scene do you realize that they care for each other at all. You know. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll talk. It's just in a little bit, but it's fucked up mm-hmm. what he does to her. Um. So the monkey monkey's doing monkey stuff. It's a little capuchin cutie boy. And then Indy and Marion are talking and they're making their plans, you know, Ark of the Covenant kind of stuff. And the monkey runs off while they're in the market. And Indy's like, oh, it's fine. And then he runs off. <laughs> he runs off to this guy with an eye patch. And then a Nazi comes up and then they both Heil <laughs> Hitler. <laughs> The monkey. The monkey heils Hitler. I Uh, fucking love that. Phenomenal. For no reason. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, this monkey is great. This eyepatch guy is great. Like, just two nefarious (laughs) Cairo citizens. Is the monkey a citizen? Does that count? No. I I mean, he's two nefarious Cairo dwellers. This sapien is sapient. Oh shit! He did learn how to heal probably pretty quick. Probably met that monkey's Nazi. a little Nazi. Yeah, he was just waiting for an opportunity. <laughs> he probably met those Nazis earlier that day. Uh, they a fight scene starts um, in the market. In the market, Indy and Marion get separated, and uh, 
she gets put up in a little basket. Yeah. And if, which reminded me of Aladdin. I don't know if you. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And the Forty Thieves, actually. Ooh. So the third Fun. one. I have not seen that one. Oh, uh, we're gonna watch it. Get ready, because we have Disney Plus. I did have to read the short story, um, forty like the Forty Thieves. It's very different. I yeah, they, there's a yeah. genie in it. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't remember uh, any genie, but Aladdin and his Forty Thieves. <laughs> I don't know. I bet it's on Disney. We'll watch that. Oh wait, another, it's another B plot. Alibaba. Yeah, Alibaba and the Forty Thieves, and Ali someone Ali. gets locked away or something. Yeah. Any Hoozle. Open Sesame. Yes. It's a movie. I'm surprised Aladdin hasn't done this list of 100. Well, we can watch it irregardless. Irregardless is not a word. I say it all the time. Irregardless. Um, this does include, this fight shows Marion outsmarting a bunch of pursuers. She is a badass bitch. Yeah, owns she her own owned her own bar. Beats a guy with a pan. Lived in Nepal, much like Rapunzel Untangled. This is a Disney podcast now. Yes, uh, fine by me. So she does get outed again by this Nazi monkey because she because <laughs> she hides in the the bin and she's just about to get away. The monkey's like, hmm, something's up with this bin. And hops on it and starts screeching and waving for the Nazis. So she gets caught. Uh, we do see the iconic scene of... <laughs> really Nazi, got, Nazi got the giggles on that one. Oh. So uh, my favorite part of this whole biz is the scene that everybody knows where Big Scary Swordsman um, oh, confronts yeah. Indy. What kind of sword is that? That is a scimitar. Thank you. It's... You're so smart. Uh, you know that line from Skyrim where we'll be walking around and there's I I forget where Redguard uh, people from Skyrim come from, but they come from a stand-in for like the Middle East. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And a Skyrim guard will say, "Did you see that? They have curved swords." And <laughs> it's one of those lines that comes up so often you hear it a million times when you play it, but. Uh, this guy has a curved sword, <laughs> and uh, and he just shoots him. The which yeah. is uh, very funny and good characterization of Indy, you know. Yeah, he'll just shoot a motherfucker. <laughs> he'll, just, he'll murder. He and will then, murder. This guy has killed a few people at this point. I. It's an action movie, whatever. So then later on, um. It it really seems like Marion dies. Yeah, so she gets kidnapped in this thing, and he tries and they stuff her in between bright red explosive cases. Like there is no doubt that she is in an explosive truck. It it's exactly was silly. like with um, Chewie in the new movies. Oh, I wrote that down too. Oh. I wrote that because this. Reminded me so much because uh, she drives off. Spoiler alert for Star Wars. Oh yeah, if you're if, care, double spoiler, he's fine. Oh no! But fucking Rise of Skywalker sucks. So. Also uh, by Lucas. Yeah, is it? No, it's uh, is it written by Lucas? Because it's directed by. Abrams. Oh. J.J. Abrams. Cause I guess the, I don't know who wrote the new one. Yeah, the new trilogy, I, I don't know who wrote it either, but um, 
The prequels were directed by George Lucas. Lucas then, probably just jerked off onto the script. Yeah, and J.J. Like, oh, Abrams is like, thank you, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> money, money, money. Num, num, num. Num, num, num. <laughs> Give me your cummies and your monies. And that's actually cut like, that out. <laughs> the stains that were left on the script from George Lucas coming on it. It just made that the ending of Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> that's why it's so bad. Okay, we can cut that shit out. Anyhow, um, 100%. That's so funny you bring up Chewbacca because the truck drives off. It blows up. And we think Marion is dead. Now, she's not. But we don't find out until a little later. Significantly later, I'd argue. And yeah. in The Rise of Skywalker, it's literally the span of one cut. That's true. Chewbacca dies. Everyone's like, no. Bam, Chewbacca's alive. This one, uh, you know, Harrison Ford and all that. He's in both movies, but... Um, he is in both movies. Yeah, he's a little ghost in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Anyhow. He's a force ghost. Yeah, isn't that, that weird? Does that make him force sensitive? Aren't Jedi's the only ghosts? Um, well, become, to be a force ghost, you have to become one with the force. That's like when Ben Kenobi gets lightsabered by Vader and disappears. He is so powerful with the force that he becomes one with the force. He becomes a force ghost. Same with Yoda. But it's not, it's why not, why there's not a ton of fucking Jedi ghosts walking around, you know, like. So I think Anakin probably deserved it because he was the prince who was promised. (laughs) Yeah. But Harrison Ford didn't believe in the Force at all. How do you become one with the Force? That's a good question. And, um. Harrison Ford. (laughs) (laughs) Han Indiana Jones is not Force sensitive. There, Indiana there are, Jones might be Force-sensitive, too. There's a lot of fan theories about why Han Solo is Force-sensitive without knowing it. But I think that to become one with the Force, you truly have to, like, train in that shit yeah. religiously. It's a religion. It is a religion. And um, you don't just get to ascend to Maybe the it's... plane of the Force deriding that shit your whole life. It's not as explicit as the other Force ghosts. Like, he's not blue, so it could have just been explained away as Ben Ben Solo being like, Dad. Or having, like, a manic episode. Yeah, which would make sense because he's a manic guy. Yeah. Or maybe he's so strong with a Force he can just call his father. Maybe, yeah. That's a new... Because they also do that thing with, with, like, the transfer of stuff between him and Rey. Oh, the, like, moving items through space? Yeah. I hated that shit so strongly. I hated I it. Wasn't it in the books, though? I, I don't know. Some, well, it's canon now. Yeah. That would have been useful in the first few Star Warses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can cut this all out. Um. So, anyway, Marion is apparently dead. Uh, Indy meets up with Belloc. Who, in a hookah bar. In a hookah bar. And he's taking up the biggest table. Belloc, yeah, Rude man. Rude and evil. <laughs> and French. We. Oui. Uh, Indy, at this point, it has a death wish, right? Apparently. Like, he's ready. He's like, let's see it go down, man. And he pulls his gun. He's ready to shoot the guy. What are we at? We're already at 40 minutes. Oh, fine. <laughs> um, ready to shoot the guy. Kids show up and save him. Cool. Salas kids. Sal's kids. Not some random ass kids. Yeah. All right, yada yada yada. Yeah, I I patch 
tries to poison all the dates, the month, the end of the Nazi monkey saga. Um, they're discussing the medallion and how it says, oh, it's uh, six units high, but you have to take the unit back for God. Um, this medallion, and they didn't have the back of the medallion. The Nazis didn't. So they know they have the wrong dig site. So he's like, we got a chance. And then uh, the monkey eats a poison date and dies. And uh, that's the end of the poison dates. And the monkey. And the monkey. Um, so then Indy's in the camp where they're digging. And him and Sala, and they're all dressed up to blend in. And he pops into a random tent to not be seen. And Marion's there. And I don't... I, I'm, I'm very upset. <laughs> yeah, so the, the sequence of events is that they get to the map room. And I, I want to mention this specifically because when we were watching this, I was like writing. And you were like, hey, wait a minute. What was with that stick? Because they go up the hill to the map room, and then after they get out of the map room is when he finds Marion. Um, but is he, it after? It is the order I wrote it in. I wrote I, down weird mystic, dead monkey, kept her tied up for the ark, that's fucked up, and then then they go to the room with snakes. Yeah, the room with snakes is after they discover the actual location of the ark from the magic with the map room. So he has the stick... That's the appropriate unit high. Uh, and he's in that map room holding it up to the sun. And it beams on. And then uh, Sala gets caught by Nazis. So he has to tie a bunch of flags together and pulls them out. And then they duck into a tent and Marion is in there. Well, Sala's not with him when he yeah. ducks into the tent. Yeah, I forget what happens to Sala. Oh, he needs to get the Nazis water. So they're going to leave the camp. And a bunch of Nazis start yelling at Indy. And he's got his face covered. And um, Nazis at a dinner table are like, hey, get us water, get us water. And uh, Sala's like, I'll help you out, I'll get you water. And Indy keeps on going on because if he takes his mask off, they will see that he's like a white dude and not a Cairo digger. And then uh, he enters a tent to like lie low. And there he sees Marion. And he says to Marion, I'm going to leave you lied up, tied up because if I let you go, they'll realize that something's up and I won't get a chance to get the Ark. So... Sorry about this, but I'll be right back. So at that point, he already knows where the Ark is, which means he was already in the map room, and he already did the staff magic. No, because if he had already found it, it would have been in a better position. Because he hasn't found it yet, and he can't let them know that he's there. They haven't found the Ark. Right, so he hasn't been in the room yet. They did the map room, though. No. The map room's a separate room. Yeah, but it's after they find her tied up. I will start this movie right now. <laughs> the sequence of events <laughs> is that... We'll look it up later. No, Either way. Jen, we got how... The, it, it's exactly how it happens. That's the exact <laughs> sequence of events. I wrote down... Me too. Kept indeed. Weird Mystic. Kept her tied up. Weird Mystic was with the poison Found a stone in a storm full of snakes... I wrote off to the side Crocodile God because I was going to write that up and then found the Ark. Wow. Yes, that is after they know the location of the Ark, which they needed to go into the map room <laughs> to locate. He, mm. So here's, I'll say my sequence of events and then you share your sequence of events. Okay? <laughs> I don't think I'm trustworthy. I have ADHD. So, so Indy and Sala oh, arrive I'm at the dig. Anyway. Can I just say you're right? 
No, no, no. <laughs> they arrive at the dig site. They go up You're the hill. They drop. They drop the stick into the map room, and it's a ridiculously bad CGI stick. And I'm just gonna keep talking while you go off. So they drop the stick in the map room, which is the appropriate number of units high because they have the back of the medallion. He holds it up to the sun, and it shines this mystical beam onto the actual location of the Ark, and we know it's correct because it's very magical. And then Sala, meanwhile, has gotten caught at the top. And then he gets a rope made out of flags, and he, like, holds it up. He's like, Nazi flag, what the hell? And then he gets pulled out by Sala. They're going to make their escape, and a bunch of Nazis at a lunch table or whatever are like, we need water now, Cairo person. And Sala's like, I'll get it. And he goes on, he's like, he enters a tent, Marion's in there, they have a really passionate kiss, which was very bizarre, and then they, and then he's like, I'm leaving you here because I need to get this arc, because I now know the location, and then uh, he ditches her, she's pissed, he gets the dig team, Salah's dig team, and goes up to the actual location, they are digging, digging into the night, and I actually really like this scene as they're digging and they're singing and the sun is setting and we see their silhouettes. That's really a beautiful shot, I think, and they hold it for a long time. So um, a really nice scene that I just wanted to call out. And then the snake room occurs. Okay. And they're asps. They are asps. Which are poisonous. That's what killed Cleopatra. Really? Uh-huh. I did not know that. Now you do. Was it like a murder, or was she just bitten by one by accident? You know, maybe it wasn't Cleopatra. Oh my god. <laughs> what a twist. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, alright. Renee also makes Marion wear a fancy dress and gets her drunk. Yep. Uh, another creepy scene mm-hmm. that I think she is written favorably in like she's uh perved on by belloc and he's like put this dress on and uh she pretends to get drunk and is about to escape but yeah the nazi man comes in this really cracked me up (laughs) when we were watching it uh he takes out this mysterious stick item connected by chains (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he's like, is that a... <laughs> okay. She's like, oh, are those nunchucks? <laughs> I'm not laughing so hard because I think it's obscene to think that they were nunchucks. But <laughs> because they really did look like <laughs> nunchucks. And I was just picturing like this heinous Nazi just beating the shit <laughs> out of Marion with nunchucks as like a torture tactic and it was it's so over the top but it was just a hanger <laughs> it looked nefarious it was yeah um <laughs> so uh of course Indy shows up again cause that's how he do mm-hmm. and um there's a big ass fight. Renee's like, the girl was mine. Because he was going to rape her, presumably, because it's the 80s, aka the 30s. And then they have a big fight, 
And Indiana Jones is beating the shit out of dozens of men. But what really stood out to me was that half-naked strongman who gets torn up by this plane. Like a Christmas goose. Horrifying. In a 747. Splatters blood everywhere. It's horrible. Um, I do like, again, the scene. Marion has written favorably. that She gets in the cockpit and starts gunning down Nazis. And like the whole time she's screaming like, Andy, Andy. But she's the one murdering Nazis and saving his ass, you know. So as he's getting beat up by this strong man, she's like in the... Gunpit. No, I I just made a face. Um, your dog, your dog Indy, was that named after Indiana Jones? I don't remember. It was either that or Independence Day, but I I don't know. She was, was it a boy or a girl? It was a girl. Okay, we'll name our dog Marion. <laughs> Perfect. Marion is the name in um Robin Hood. That's the princess. The maid Marion. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I wonder if it's a reference. There was one other scene about Marion that I wanted to call out real quick that we'll yeah. pass sequentially, but um, Indy's in the pit. They find the Ark. They raise the Ark. Marion is thrown in the snake pit with him. Oh, right. right. Um, but Indy, like, slut shames her. That's true. He's, he's like, oh, how hard were you trying? Like, he's like, what's this dress you're in? She's like, oh, my fucking hostage captor put me in it. And he's like, how hard did you even, like, not want to be in it? Uh, like, all, like, why are you flirting with this Bella guy? And uh, rather than being like, oh, sorry, Andy. She's like, well, where the hell were you? You know? Uh, calls him out on it. She's like, I had to defend myself because you fucking ditched me. Um, so take a hike, Mike. So, again, like, up until a certain point, which we're approaching... She has written really well, accidentally apparently. But anyhow, yeah, gruesome murder of a Nazi strongman, and then a after that action scene, we get a fucking truck chase. Yeah, and the arcs on a truck, and I don't know more murder and shit. It's just high action, and I was thinking during this that. Sometimes action sequences can be so boring because you know the hero has plot armor and nothing's going to happen to him. And uh, then I totally forgot the shit that can happen to villains. So the violence that they experience can be so wild. That was like your your hook for the truck driving? Yeah, because I was like, this is kind of boring because I know Indy's just going to save the day. Maybe he'll get a few punches. But then... Um, they run over a Nazi, you know? Yeah. Gruesome. Another very gruesome 80s. 80s action flick. They end up stealing the truck with the arc on it. Oh, we also hear the Wilhelm scream. Oh, yeah. That was a good call out. Yeah. I love. It, it's, Star Wars uh, uses it a lot, too. Yeah. Yeah, they do. It. It's, it's fun. You know, I, I don't think it's hacky. I think a lot of people might hate it but yeah i if you if you know what it is it stands out it's just like the, ah! okay that's not it at all that's, that's pretty good ah! <laughs> that's too long Ugh. I, you know the, you know the wilhelm scream oh uh, all right so that happens then they get the arc they get what they need 
And they're on a boat now. Yep, Sala's friend is a pirate, and uh, he's going to send him back to the States. And uh, this is the scene. You can talk about it. Um, Indy is all banged up from the fight. He got shot or whatever. And Marion helps, like, fix him up. It's just like in Beauty and the Beast, when the Beast gets attacked by those wolves after he saves her. Oh, yeah. And then they realize they're in love. Does that happen in the cartoon? Because... Yeah. Okay. I, the, this is a Disney podcast now. Yeah. Uh, we did, We saw that one in theater. Didn't we? Beauty and... The, oh, the new one. The new one. Maybe. I feel, I feel like we did. Uh, I don't know if I would make you go to that, because I know you don't care for it. I definitely have seen the movie. Well, go to it versus watch it as soon as it was available to rent. I don't know. Um, in any case, it was... Any excuse to get tendies. Yeah. Tendies at the movie theater. We have a local Flix brew house. It's an amazing theater. If you have one near you, you should go watch movies in it. Once you can. Once you can. But yeah, it's a... It's a really good theater. And the movie's okay, but... Um, I have not seen the cartoon in recent memory. So there's a scene where she's tending his wounds, and uh, they snip at each other, and then they don't. So much like this. Oh, okay. Perfect. Then, in that case, it's incredibly similar to that, because they snip at each other, and uh, they kiss, and Indy plays this, like, dumbass role... Or she's, he's, she's, like, trying to make out with him, like, desperately. And he's like, oh, I, I hurt. And she's like, well, where don't you hurt? And he starts pointing, like, I don't hurt here. And she, like, kisses him there. And he points at his eyes, like, I don't hurt here. And then they make out, and he falls asleep. And then the next cut is they wake up, and she's naked in bed with him. And, like, this was super annoying because whole scene it feels like the writers are making him less than favorable in this relationship they're kind of making the viewer think this guy's an asshole they're writing marion as a very independent person who does what she has to do and turns out ah she's smitten with him he's such a suave guy he's a he's our hero you know really problematic we should watch the mummy with this lens because i want to examine if brendan frazier's relationship with that girl is as problematic yeah. Their ages seem closer, though. For sure. they. I never thought that she's like this, you know, was a teen at any point in their relationship that he could groom, you know? Yeah. Indiana Jones is a grooming predator. I'm happy you brought up the mummy. Yeah. Because I wrote out how watching this, like, I saw the mummy with you first. And then watch this, right? So it's kind of like watching a documentary behind the making of the mummy. Because <laughs> it's like, so it's like the dig site and all this shit in Egypt is like, whoa, it's it's an adventure movie in the desert, you know? It's uh, I love the mummy. It's so good. This movie also made me think of Hellboy. I haven't seen a Hellboy. You haven't seen Hellboy? I've, I've seen like parts of it on sci-fi, <gasps> but... Yeah. 
I used to call it heck boy. Oh, because I wasn't swear. allowed to swear. That's adorable. I am quite cute. Yes. Anyway, uh, we have to watch the old Hellboy. I'm sure the one with um Hopper is good too. David Harbour. David Harbour, thank you. I am sure it's not. I've heard nothing but horrible reviews of that movie. People hate that movie. Oh. It's on like worst of twenty nineteen lists all over the place. Oh. It's apparently horrible. Well now we have to watch both. Yes. Um, Hashtag B plot. All right, and then after, so okay, they're on the boat, and then the Nazis show up in their steamboat, Willie, and <laughs> someone actually whistles, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> they're like bopping. The Nazis are rolling up, bopping their hips, whistling, and wagging their fingers. <laughs> You've got the ark. <laughs> Give it to us. So, um, Jesus Christ. Um, it it's pretty immediate. So they wake up. Marion's naked. Indy goes to the front. The captain's like, "Get in the hold," because he can tell they're boarding. And Indy manages to escape, but Marion obviously doesn't. Because why would she? And she's in her cute satin. I think it's negligee, but apparently it's supposed to be a dress. Yeah. And she gets captured again. And um. There's another cool fight scene, and we find out Indiana has swam, swum, swammed, swimmed. He traversed the waters. And he has made it onto the Nazi boat. A submarine, which uh, goes through and docks on an island. Some, whatever. Oh, um, one thing I thought was funny, or just a little visual gag is that on the pirate boat the ark is inside a box that's spray painted with a nazi eagle you know and uh, it burns the box so you can't see the nazi symbol or the eagle anymore which is funny because it's you know the ten commandments uh, and all that shit and this religious thing and it's sentient to burn away the evil of nazi imagery but not totally destroy the box i thought it was uh just a small little ad that um, was funny enough to get on my radar. Thank you, because I did not understand why the box burnt. Yeah, I. they might have said something else, but I think it's just because God's in there and he's pissed about Nazis, you know? Yeah. Who isn't? Probably other Nazis. Um, Donald Trump. Shout out to episode one, American History X. Donald Trump's a Nazi. That's true. I wouldn't doubt and it. And if you get mad at that statement, you're a Nazi. Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. Or a conservative, which is a fucking Nazi. Yo, Man, this is going, a liberal podcast. Oh, we're going off. Probably going to cut that out, though. So. Renee ate a bug yeah no, that's a good scene. Ahead. <laughs> no, no not really because okay, so to bring us there they're on an island they want to do the ritual to get the power of the arc and then indy confronts them uh with an rpg and then renee eats a bug <laughs> a bazooka gun yes he confronts them with a bazooka well when you say rpg i just hear role play game i 
Oh, I conflate it with rocket propelled grenade because of Call of Duty, because there's an RPG in Call of Duty. My entire worldview is based off of video games. I guess mine too, but in a different way. I just think of Kingdom Hearts every time I hear RPG. Oh, wow. Nice. There are no bazookas in Kingdom Hearts. Not that I know of. Just Disney references, because this is a Disney (laughs) podcast. So he's got the RPG, and he's aiming it at them, and (laughs) we had to look it up, but a fly shows up, and he walks on Belloc's lips, and the VFX crew apparently thought it was funny and kept the fly and edited it out of the scene when it flew away, so it just looks like he ate a bug. Yeah, it... That those are unsubstantiated Reddit comments, but what else could it be? He either ate a bug or that's what happened. He ate you know? a bug. All right. Um, Do you think uh, Belloc's agent is like, you have to release a story about the VFX guys because <laughs> I can't have people think my clients out here eating flies on the set. This isn't great because I can't remember the actor, but one of the priests in The Exorcist... They did his makeup so well. He was only 40, but they made him look a lot older. He actually had trouble finding work after the movie because everybody thought he was too old. That's funny. And tragic. If only I could remember the name of the actor. Yeah. All right. So, stuff happens. Big explosions. Did not blow up the Ark, though. The Ark survives. And... Am I skipping too far ahead if I talk about the ritual? Do you have any other points no, you want to make? No, that's the very next scene. Yeah. So they make the ritual happen. Belloc comes out in some garb, which is apparently essential for the ritual. Yeah. Which very, I guess makes sense. It's very silly clothing. Because, I mean, when you get married, you're in a white dress and a tux. And you don't need to be wearing those, but it completes the ritual. We live in a society. We live in a society. Um, But it works. He does his Hebrew magic. Can you say that? Well, I think the movie sets it up very much as Hebrew magic. Kabbalah. Do you remember that movie, A Dark Song? Oh my god, yeah. Damn, that was a good movie. That that had Kabbalah magic. They do the Kabbalah, like, left-hand path shit. God, left-hand path stuff is so cool. Yeah. God, we should talk. We we need to have a B-plot where we just talk about magic. Also, everyone listening should watch A Dark Song if you're in for a really intense horror. It was, it was really uh, engaging and engrossing. When we get through all the IMDb's, we might as well make this a horror movie podcast. Yeah, we do both like it. Um. So the, the sorry, the ritual no, is going on. I just wanted to bring up that movie. I, know. yeah. We're both into the occult. Yeah. I guess, because we both really like horror movies and magic. I'm trying to get into paganism. Not not for a religious reason, but because I think it's cool. Yeah. Which is fine. Um, so, uh, the ritual scene occurs. We get the ghosts flying all over. Which is super campy. Yeah, super it's campy. It's so... The face melt is crazy campy. Yeah. It's over the top ridiculous. Still... PG PG movie. I wrote I wrote this down. Uh, God is real, and He only wants you dead. <laughs> so, yeah, that's Old Testament, baby. But 
Old Testament. Once he had a kid, he calmed down. Who is that? Is that Brian Regan? Maybe it sounds like a Brian Regan bit. Uh, I believe it. This Rion. The guy's head explodes, and meat flies from the explosion. Free meat. And it's the thirties. Of a depression is coming. Indian Marion probably no. scooped that up. They probably ate the burnt snakes. Snake is a delicacy. The thing is, this movie should not be PG. This movie should be R. It's, it's yeah. Exp- it's only because they didn't say the F word. Like, yeah. violence is so prevalent in American film, and I think this is one of the ones that really, like, points it out. Like, they did not show Marion's breasts, which is fine. Um, I would have liked to seen them. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, four out of ten. <laughs> Show us your tits, Marion. Oh, golly. Um, I do like that this whole thing served to complete Indies. Because at the beginning, he's like, it, none of this shit is real. You know, it, I'm just in it for the historical significance. And that, at the end, he's screaming to Marion to close her eyes, not to look. You know, like fully accepting the... Uh, religious and magical uh, consequences. Kind of stuff. Yeah. Old Testament kind of things. Yes. This so, isn't water into wine, baby. No, this is melt your fucking face and blow your head up. <laughs> no wine to be had. Uh, anyway, all right. So that, they get the fuck out of Cairo. Yes. <laughs> Cut to DC. Uh, we're in Washington, DC. Indy's talking with those. Army intelligence guys. Fat dude, old man. Yeah. Our... The two blonde babes in bikinis. Yeah. <laughs> our friends from the beginning of the movie. And uh, this was something I did not know was in the movie. I just saw it in the uh, Family Guy episode. I was going to say a lot of my exposure to Indiana Jones is Family Guy. Yeah. I've seen... I stopped watching probably after middle school, but... I've seen a lot of Family Guy. Me too, because it would be on at 10 p.m. on uh, Adult Swim every night. Yeah, and I'm not going to bed at 10. Yeah, no, I had a TV in my room and I'd watch it. Me too. That's Parents, don't put a TV in your kid's room. (laughs) Stay up until 1 a.m. watching weird shit. That's how I got introduced to Inuyasha. Hey, when the silver lining, you know. Because his hair is silver? (laughs) No, (laughs) That's funny. Thank but you. <laughs> just to get to see cool anime. That was, yeah, Sailor Moon, Inuyasha, Cowboy Bebop. Oh, it's amazing. If this goes on long enough, this podcast, we should do some TV. There's infinite movies, though. We did buy two years of Domain, so. Yeah, it's rookie movie reviews. Rookie media reviews anyhow let's polish this plot off and let's then... polish this turd so the the guy says we have top men on it and he's like well who and he's like top men <laughs> and uh then we see a janitor wheeling the box off into a massive infinite warehouse of box head cannon scps that's that's cool scps are so cool i but, love scps yeah uh that's that's the film, and there's a lot of shit going on in it, and I was very happy because I, I had a lot of notes um, on this one. Did I talk too much? No. Okay. Did I? No, I mean, 
You had a lot of good notes, and I have a lot of, like, feminist bullshit. It's not bullshit. It's all very agreeable, and I think we had a good balance. Okay, good. Yeah, this discussion of balance will go in the podcast. So, oh, shit, that's empty anyhow. It's um, so what are your what are your positives and negatives? So positives is that it's a great adventure movie. Negatives are the romance. Negatives are that I had higher hopes because I've never seen an Indiana Jones movie before. And I have The Mummy as my frame of reference for like comedic action movie. Uh-huh. Set in Egypt. Um I would watch I would watch the second one for sure. I'd probably watch all of them because they seem easy to digest. The plot hasn't met the par, I feel, of a lot of the other movies on this list. Like, The Lives of Other People versus Indiana Jones. Like, different universes. Parasite versus Indiana Jones. Different multiverses, you know? Yeah, like, that's a good point because a lot of the stuff on this list... It's the fan favorite list. It's really bizarre. We'll watch something like Parasite or American History X, which are these things that force you to confront aspects of the real world. And then there's shit like Aliens. And Coco. And Coco. Well, Coco, I guess, has uh, educational purpose. like to talks about the afterlife. It's more metaphysical. Yeah. Coco is more like significant than this movie i yeah that's true i think but yeah so you got shit like uh like indiana jones and aliens and then you got shit like parasite and um lives of others and all that so this movie definitely and the shawshank redemption is on here too yeah it joker's on this movie which i'm excited to rip to pieces um american beauty's on this list and kevin spacey's in that we all know what kevin spacey's been up to yeah uh so anyway raping boys jesus uh the pianist is on this list just like these back to the future's on here too which is going to be its own issue but anyway so positives negatives those uh, that that rambling mess where i don't really explain my thoughts but i expect you to understand on a deep level it connected. It resonated. Um, I took a Myers-Briggs test, and I'm like INSP or something. But it's one of those that, like... <laughs> we can cut that Four. out. <laughs> we can cut that out. I took a Myers-Briggs test, and, like, I'm a personality type that wants you to understand me deeply without explaining anything about myself. Which I think is accurate. Because that's how I talk, too. Like, I don't finish thoughts. I just let thoughts hang in the air. And I hope desperately people understand what I meant. Not even hope desperately. I expect you to understand what I meant. Oh, I have old rubber bands in my pockets. Nice. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> my, my pluses and negatives are... I like the action. I think it's... Uh, really visceral like sometimes in an action movie someone gets punched and you're like yeah you got punched i'm sure like john wick i feel like john uh, john wick is also very visceral i'm thinking of stuff like i don't know shitty action movies like um Ooh, you better be careful what you say next boy 
like uh, I don't know. I don't watch too many action movies, but that's a lie. What do you mean? What we watch a good amount. I feel. I feel I'm gonna be super pretentious and say I think we watch action movies that put a lot of weight onto having realistic action. Like there's some movies. Oh, where... like there will be blood or. That's you... not really an action movie. That's no. a drama. Uh, yeah, but like John Wick, for example, when people get kicked by a horse, it's like, holy shit. Or that scene in John Wick 3 where he tries to stab the guy in the top of the head and then has to bash oh, it in. Oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. That is what I mean like by saying this shit is visceral. But, and that's how you felt about Indiana Jones? Well, with the punches and the kicks and stuff, it it felt like really not as not as horrific and violent or whatever, but like really... Real? Physical. And, yeah, okay. Uh, Good so, FX. Yeah. So that was cool. I like that. The plot was easily consumable, but again, negatives. Uh, some problematic shit with uh, Marion's writing. That, yeah, this movie is really sexist. Yeah, and it's super frustrating because it wasn't until it entirely was. And it just invalidated the whole first half. Where you're like, oh, this dude was just... Whoever wrote this just uh, fucked up and got lucky. And uh, I also did not super care for how simple it was. You know, like if we're looking, comparing this against stuff that really makes you question shit and think about stuff, like it was fun, but it, it wasn't challenging or provocative or whatever. I wouldn't call it a bad movie either, which is no. like the worst. There was some... Silly stuff like that stick, the way it looks when it's falling into the pit. Yes. And then Belloc eating the fly. Yeah. There's just silly things and the monkey hiling Hitler. It's a campy yeah. eight it's an eighties movie. Yeah. And I don't it's got like ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got ninety six? Some ninety six or ninety it's high nineties. It could be people are viewing it with a lens of pure enjoyment. Yeah, so are we just going to get roasted for this episode because we're kind of, like, lukewarm? Like, I enjoy it. I think it. it helps that we don't really have a following. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you prefer to do your ratings one, two, three rating, or do you like to do... No, I mean, I I have a thought in my head, and I will not be swayed by what you say, so I can do it either way. That's exactly what we did in Aliens. Uh, but let's do one, two, three rating. Okay. And then we'll meet in the middle. Sure. Uh, I have to think real quick. Because I'm, I'm not set in stone on this one. Okay, okay. I'll be influenced by you. Okay. One, two, three, six. seven. I was between six and seven. So six and a half. Six and a half. Cool. That was six one. and a half because we're scholars. Yes, we're scholars. <laughs> we're scholars uh, four beers in and... Uh, don't tell the audience that uh that was fun that was a fun one thanks for listening and um six and a half indiana jones right of the lost ark but we liked it yes okay it's it's above five it's above five if anything dips below a five we didn't like it yes should we have established that a long time ago we'll write a blog post okay i love you bye bye